taken away by Faust. Mayfield is grabbing his face. He got hit with a high stick. Now it's Burns back in Carolina. Across for Jesper Faust. He scores! And there you have it. Thanks to Jesper Faust, the Carolina Hurricanes take a 2-0 series lead over the New York Islanders. And all I can think about is, wow, this is stressful, right? Like, let's all joking aside, this is incredibly stressful. And you forget, you get a full year separated, but going into overtime, every game of the playoffs... Oh, I must win the game. And just, oh. I'm going to go take a nap, meditate a little bit. I'll come back and record the episode. But until then, go ahead and run the intro. 9,393 days of frustration. And on the 9394th day of NHL existence, the Carolina Hurricanes have won the Stanley Cup. Welcome to Home Ice Advantage. With historical perspectives, modern-day deep dives, special guests, and a healthy mix of good, bad, and or hot takes, this is the best place for you to learn about your Carolina home games. I just want to say thank you, and I'm looking forward to this challenge. It's an honor, and I think we're going to do great things. Off the top, I want to share, and we'll hear what Rod Brindamore has to say about it later on when we go to the press conference, but Teravainen is out for the series. He broke his hand and will need surgery. Uh, most likely, he'll get it tomorrow, uh, if you're listening to this late, late Tuesday night, or sorry, Wednesday night. I don't know what day it is. Teravainen broke his hand thanks to a slash that wasn't called, but We'll get to all that later on in the show. Let's start with Carolina starting the game off fairly strong. This was not the same game as game one. This one, I mean, honestly, pretty sloppy, pretty aggressively, offensively speaking, and defensive play from both sides was just off. But Paul Stastny gets the fourth goal of the game five minutes and 49 seconds into the fourth period. Assisted by Jacob Slavin, we'll get to that later, and Seth Jarvis, but really this play had to do with Brent Barnes, who set up the play, put the puck where it needed to be, and then Stastny's the one who finished it. Islander zone, Burns will get to it. See a good look at Brent Burns, hanging on to the puck, dancing with it. He'll get it back to the point, Jarvis. Now one time they score! From here, we're going to skip all the way to the end of the fourth period. The final seconds. Actually, no, I'm just going to let you hear the audio of what happens immediately after the final horn of, of the fourth period sounded. Everything's happening here in the final 20 seconds. And the Hurricanes have drawn a power play to start the second period. Jordan Stahl is in some pain. Uh, you want to stand up for yourselves, but... Oh, you, have, you have to love this, but the Islanders, because they're in a deficit, they're trying to play a game 
that does not suit Carolina. Jordan Stahl drew a penalty. This is an area of big-time concern, being assisted off the ice. So why was Jordan Stahl injured? They don't explain it there, and they would go in detail a little bit more after this clip. But basically, Matt Martin gets off of the Islanders bench, skates straight to Jordan Stahl, cross-checks him from behind, straight into his numbers, onto the ice. Jordan Stahl lands awkwardly on the ice. You see him try to get up with only one arm. And then Martin sits on Jordan Stahl while play is still live. Of course, then a scrum would ensue, which is what you heard. But it was a total, total cheap shot. There was absolutely no good play being made there. The intention of that hit was to injure Jordan Stahl, which was successful. And then what, what does he get for it? Cross-checking. Well, that's definitely, you know, bad. And then he sat on the player, which is then interference because he couldn't get back up into the play. That's two separate penalties in my eyes. But nope, he's just going to be called for interference on hitting a player who doesn't have the puck. Nothing of the fact that he cross-checked him. Nothing of the fact that it was an incredibly dangerous Doherty hit. And nothing for the fact that he sat on him after he hit him. Are we joking? There was three penalty there at an absolute minimum. I'm not saying you have to call all three, but at the very minimum, Martin needed to be kicked out of the game. Boot him. That is not what the NHL is about. It's not what it wants to be about. If you ask Gary Bettman right now if he thinks that's a good hockey play, he's going to say no. Well, he's going to give you a lawyer answer, but it's going to mean no. Because that was a terrible play to make. And we're going to talk about a few... Other things that happened in the game, you know, celebrate some cool goals, talk about a weird moment. But at the end, I'm going to lecture the New York Islanders on being pansies, but not in the way that you expect. They can't beat us at hockey, even though I think they actually could. Five on five, they had the edge tonight, but they kept deciding to do these cheap little moves. They had two double minors tonight. You know what? We're saving this. We're saving this. But, okay. It's, the end of this episode is going to get wild, guys. Anyways, uh, coming out of the forced intermission, I'm expecting the Hurricanes to be on fire. Like a rabid dog trying to get a bone. They just tried to take out your captain. What are you going to do to respond? I don't want you to go out and hit anyone. No, that's stupid. That's the game the Islanders want you to play. And that's not how Carolina plays. You're going to go out and stunt on these hoes. You're going to go out and make them look like an ECHL team, of course, because you are the better team in almost every single metric. And what did Carolina do? They came out flat-footed. It was insane. Their captain, Jordan Stahl, was assaulted. On the ice. And it's not like everyone else missed it. They all saw it happen. There was even a whole scrum about it. And the Carolina Hurricanes responded by being a not good hockey team. Sebastian Ajo would score on the power play for the interference call that really should have been a five-minute misconduct. Or no, not even do a misconduct. Just boot him from the game. I don't care. Give us two minutes for the interference. But Marlon can't play the rest of the night. I'm not... I'm getting carried away. Sorry. I'm getting carried away. But <laughs> they came out flat-footed. But Sebastian Alho did score. Let's listen in, shall we? Can't help but think that this 
sustained penalty kill is giving confidence to the island. Oh, it bounces in. They score on a broken play, just as it looked like the Islanders were generating momentum. I don't want anyone to be confused about what happened here. When you think of Sebastian Ajo, I'm sure, like the wide majority of hockey fans, you think of the sweet Finnish elf-on-a-shelf Carolina Hurricanes, Sebastian Ajo. Now, we all know, of course, in this series that there is another not-so-great, not-an-elf-on-a-shelf Swedish Sebastian Ajo. He's a defenseman. And what happens here is that Martin Natchez carries the puck over the blue line, then the red line, then right before he enters the offensive zone, he passes it to Stefan Nason, who chips it in as Natchez is crossing the line. Now, again, the Islander Sebastian Ajo... Uh, is tight to the boards and tries to tip the puck back so that Natchez wouldn't beat the trailing Islanders defenseman to the puck. Except, he tips it just enough to beat Sorokin and it ends up in the back of his own net. That, <laughs> good times. Absolutely good times. Later in the period, there would be less good times when Kyle Palmieri beats Ranta on a totally stoppable, backhanded wraparound goal. There was an Islander, Islander skater within the blue paint who made skate-to-skate -skate contact with Ranta, but he was pushed in by Jacob Slavin. At least that's what it looked like to me. I realize that it is a controversial decision for Brindamore not to challenge this, but in my eyes, I kind of agree with Brindamore. It doesn't matter in that moment. Like, yes, you don't want them to score, but it's better to just allow them to have that goal because no one knows, and I mean no one, has any idea what goaltender interference is, so you don't want to get it wrong and then go to the man advantage. Because yes, while Carolina's man advantage is really, really good, and we should trust them when we have to, that doesn't mean you want to put it in a situation where it has to constantly be relied upon. Then, with less than 30 seconds remaining in the second period, Barzell intercepts a pass from Brady Shea to Jordan Mornuk. He gets Toronto all by himself and scores. Uh, honestly, it was a savable goal by Ranta, but at the end of the day, I don't blame Ranta for this game going to overtime whatsoever. I guess I'm skipping a few steps here that there were two more goals scored in regulation. Brock Nelson uh, got another kind of should-have-been-saved goal past Ranta. And then Jacob Slavin ties it um, with an unbelievable shot, which we'll hear from Slavin on later. But uh, I don't, I don't care. It's a tied game, and I'm going to take it back to this one. Yeah, it's unfortunate that uh, Brady Shea made the uh, didn't connect on the pass to John Marnuk. Honestly, looking at the replay, you can tell that Barzell is there, like waiting for it. He anticipated it, but Brady Shea hasn't played great in either of these two games. Um, I'm not trying to disparage him, not saying bench him, obviously, but just something to keep an eye on. And I don't blame Auntie Ranta whatsoever for this game going to overtime, because going into the first, I'm sorry, at the end of the second period, Carolina had 12 minutes on the man advantage, and no Hurricanes player had scored a power play goal that entire time. Now, the Ajo self-goal does count as a power play goal, but I'm not counting that because it wasn't scored by a Hurricane Skater. They had 
a quarter, no, more than a quarter of game action on the man advantage and could not convert on it. And a lot of it was because they were just straight relying on get the puck to the point the defenseman will take a shot on net and hopefully someone's there, which I'll give you. It's a pretty good strategy. And it's better than earlier this season when we just didn't move around. But the Islanders know we're going to do that because we scored two goals just like that in game one. What are you doing? Just, you got to change it up. There has to be some variety here, some mental warfare. Do something unexpected so they don't know how to defend you. And we just weren't a fan of doing that tonight. Ultimately, Jesper Faust would win it in overtime. It's how I started this show. We might as well listen to it again. And then we've got a lot of after-action stuff to talk about. Buckle in. This is going to be kind of a long recap episode. Taken away by Faust. Mayfield is grabbing his face. He got hit with a high stick. Now it's Burns. Back in Carolina. Across for Jesper Faust. He scores! Game over! Jesper Faust wins it in overtime! You're going to hear a ton about that missed high-sticking call on Jordan Mornick hitting Mayfield in the face. Except a couple things here. The first one is that Mayfield did it to himself. <laughs> he went to go swipe Mornick's stick, and by the letter of the law, it is still a penalty. But because he went to go swipe Mornick's stick, it bounced up and hit him in the face. And because Mayfield was more concerned about trying to draw the card call than playing defense... Carolina wins, up 2-0 in the series. But the most laughable part about this, because Islanders fans are already freaking out, is how, how, how are you guys going to complain about a missed call? Now, I'll give you that the penalties were way in favor of Carolina tonight, 6-1. to one. Uh, Just, like, way in favor of Carolina tonight. But... Like, the Islanders deserved to be penalized that much. Two of those penalties were double minors because they drew blood. Like, what do you what do you want from the officials at that point? You're the ones who drew blood. And then, though, you know, the J- uh, Jacob Slavin, excuse me, the Jordan Stahl, that is a clear, dirty hit. Did you not expect to have to deal with that? So, I mean, a couple of the other calls were kind of whatever. I'll give them that. But ultimately... The Islanders were completely undisciplined in this game, and that's why Carolina got so many penalties. If anything, they should be super happy that Carolina is terrible on the man advantage and didn't absolutely dummy them, because that's what should have happened, and it didn't. So if you see an Islanders fan between now and Game 3 complain, well, what about that missed call on Mayfield? You guys shouldn't. You guys should have been called. We should have been on the man advantage in overtime. Who cares? You drew blood on Sebastian Ajo and Brett Pesci. Then you tried to murder Jordan Stahl. And again, you broke Tara Vinan's hand. He has to have surgery. He'll be out for at least this series. And if we get past this, I'm assuming the series after that as well. So please spare me the, oh, woe is me, I can't believe these officials didn't make a call. You broke Tara Vinan's hand, and there was no 
fucking call. There was so much more to that rant, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying not to be the super fan guy. I, I, I do actual reporting sometimes. Um, I'm trying to get credentialed. Like, I cut, I cut out a good, like, seven minutes of me just going in on the Islanders. No, that existed, but I'm sorry, I just can't release it to the public. Uh, from here, we'll go downstairs and hear from the players, and we'll finish with the head coach. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. So, Auntie, what uh, what are your takeaways from this game? Because Carolina gave up a two-goal lead and then had to come back from a one-goal deficit to be able to win it in the end. Uh, they made the comeback, and uh, you know, as a goalie, you you kind of look those goals and you. Especially now, after the game, you can look those and you know think what you can do better. So, uh, but yeah, the win, the win is the only thing what matters. So uh, you know, guys played, guys played great in front of me, and they, they they battled back and you know, obviously get the get the tying goal there and and then get to the OT and score a goal. It's a it's a huge huge team effort again. The group has actually come back quite a few times this season to score OT winners or, you know, buzz or beat or goals to snatch two points from the jaws of defeat. Is that part of the, uh, I I don't want to say style, but the game plan, the abilities here in Raleigh? Yeah, like I said, like like I said before, uh, you know, there's been games where I I felt like I, I didn't play as good as I as I can, but but these these guys, you know, they just bailed me out and kind of kind of like that today, feeling. So uh, you know, we we just never give up. It doesn't matter what the what the score score is. You know, if if there's still a little bit of time, you know, we we will keep doing our best and we will play our style and and you know, good things usually happen. So uh, yeah, it's just a resilient group. Switching over to uh, Jacob Slavin, what was that goal, my man? What? You, you were a defenseman, and a defensive defenseman, a shutdown defenseman, if you will. You're not Brent Barnes. What what was that insane goal, and should we expect more of that from you? Honestly, I was looking for the pass the whole time, and then last second I just I saw his head and put it in the vicinity and ended up getting a lucky bounce. Okay, uh, can, can you take me into the headspace of the locker room following that first period after Jordan got hit? And... I guess my real question is, like, did you guys have a conversation on, uh, you know, regrouping, maybe making sure you play in between the whistles, keep it nice and clean uh, as far as your part of the game? Yeah, we, we know we have to play between the whistles. I mean, special teams is huge uh, in the playoffs, and you know, we had a power play coming up, so I think we were, our main focus was going out there and trying to put one in on the power play. Um, we know it's going to be a physical series. We know it's going to be a grind series, and uh, that's just how these two te- our, our team and their team is. And so um, it's going to continue to be physical, but, uh, yeah, playing whistle-to-whistle is huge and, and not giving uh, them any opportunities they don't need. Switching over to the head coach, Rod, uh, Brindy, if you will, we all knew it was going to take a lot to be able to beat Sorokin. And we got some colorful goals tonight, I guess is a fair way to say it, whether it was the Ajo self goal or the Jacob Slavin master class and offensive goal scoring or just the OT winner by Faust. Was, is that about what you expect to see um, your team produce against a goalie like Sorokin? 
Well, no doubt about it. I mean, it wasn't a pretty game by us. I thought uh, the other team played really hard, and New York was good. And and certainly in spurts, we were okay. Um, probably played our best hockey when we got down. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you're going to have to find different ways, especially we know kind of the way we have to do it is going to be maybe like that. And how concerning was it when the team seemed to get away from their normal style of play? It was, you know, that end of the second was the killer. Because we had games, we weren't playing great, but we were in good shape and then kind of gave them one. So that was like, uh, you know, obviously they got their momentum going and they feel good about what was happening. So, but no, because this is the playoffs. I keep, people keep thinking we're supposed to dominate the game. I don't understand this. Like, they're a good team. And... You know, they had us on the ropes, and my guys came back and said, you know, enough, and they gave it back. So that's how it's going to go. And, and do you have any update on Tavo? Yeah, he's out. He oh, got wow. slashed, 425 marker. He broke his hand with the puck, takes the shot. The guy absolutely tomahawk chops him, absolutely. And I know we had all the power plays, so you're not going to make it a five-on-three. Go take a look at the video. And he's out for the series. So... There you go. And they're going to complain about all power plays, but it's a tomahawk chop. And we just watched it. He has to have surgery tomorrow. There you go. So I'm a little pissed, I'll be honest with you. Have you seen? Have you had a game where you've seen more guys down the tunnel cut, things like that? No, probably not. You know, there's a couple of weird things in that game I didn't like, obviously. Um, but... You know, guys, they, they get it. I mean, it's playoffs, but some things shouldn't, been, shouldn't be happening, that's for sure. I'm assuming you weren't surprised that Jordo came out for the second. Well, if he can go, he's going to go. I mean, there's no doubt about it. The way, the way that period ended with Jordo going down and all heck broken on this series, is it, is it hard for a team to regroup when that happens? Or does it take a while for the blood pressure to come down? Um, you had the intermission to do that, but how does uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it, it just depended on, you know, you're worried about the severity of the injury. So that's the only concern. And so you go in and talk to him. He's like, okay, I can, I can come out. So now I, I think everyone was, you know, okay. I think it, it, you, the, the, the intermission is a time to totally do what you just said, regardless of how the game's going, good or bad. It's just reset, reset. I apologize to anyone who couldn't hear every question that was asked to Rod, but I felt it was important for you to hear the entirety of the press press scrum. There was a couple things I did cut out just because I didn't think they mattered, so just that disclosure. But um, end of the press conference, we're done talking about uh, asking Rod questions, but going into this series, did any of you? actually have a passionate hatred of the New York Islanders? I would say no. I didn't. I didn't care. Like, I wanted to win because I wanted to advance, but it was nothing against the Islanders, per se. But because it is the Stanley Cup playoffs, and it's what happens every time, I now hate the New York Islanders, much like I'm sure you do. And that's fine. That's appropriate. Again, I cut seven minutes out of this episode of me just ranting because I'm a fanatic. I'm a fan. And sometimes I can't hold that back. Going into game three, I mean, there's going to be some changes here, quite obviously. Um, 
It looked like Natus was banged up, um, which isn't great. Jordan Stahl is definitely banged up. And uh, Teravine's out. He's going to have to have surgery. Uh, Freddie Anderson has an illness, but we'll get to that in a second. There's going to be some changes going into Game 3, and I want to use some mental warfare against the Islanders. If we get down and gritty and start hitting people and try to fight, we're not going to win this series. That's not the style we play. But if we start messing with the Islanders to where they don't know what's up and or what we are going to do next, we will dominate this series. And part of that is, I think, it's going to have to happen either way, but I think Rod should be more adaptive during the game to switch around the lines and not just because you know a certain player is playing well or someone uh got bumped up and they need a shift to recover but just like i don't know terror like, not terrifying now but martin natures has a really good shift against the uh horvat line or something like that go ahead and just send it back out there i mean obviously give him a rest but like one shift and then he's back out just stop messing with them so they never knew who's coming on the ice uh, I guess that doesn't really matter for Game 3 because um, they get forced change. But I think Antiranta played fine, and Antiranta would be do perfectly fine in Game 3 in the net. However, I want to go to Kochekov for the pure sense of the idols won't be expecting it. In fact, I would tell everyone that it's going to be Ranta up until puck drop when Kochekov's in the net. I don't want them prepared for it. I don't want them to know uh, what side he favors. Maybe, you know, I don't know Ranta's book. I've never read it. I'm sure there's one out there. Everyone in the NHL has one. But uh, I don't know his particular downsides. That They're not going to be training their players on Kuchekov. They're going to be watching video on Ranta. So throw Kuchekov in just to mess with them. Purely just to mess with them. Because it is now war. As always, thank you for listening to Home Ice Advantage. Please check out the Home Ice Advantage blog. I update it pretty often, and I almost never cover the same thing in my writing compared to the podcast. You're definitely missing on content. Follow me on Twitter at Colin Home Ice. Support anything and everything I do, please thank you. I really appreciate it. Uh, I'm getting pretty close to doing something special here, and it's all thanks to you guys. So until Game 3 on Friday, go Canes. Go Canes.